0: Glory to God. All right. Well, get your Bibles. Get them in your hand and get them ready to go. We're going to turn there in just a few moments. But before we do that, I'm going to start in a very, what some would consider a very non-scriptural way, but I think by the end you'll believe that it is. I have in my hand a 1977 Eisenhower dollar. We used to call these silver dollars. It's not really silver. Some of the older ones are silver. This one is not. I got this today. Uh, because you can see it all the way to the all the way to the back of the balcony all the way to the dollar right how many of you remember these yeah well I'm going I'm going to give this one away I'm going to I'm going to give it I'm going to I'm going to give this to Megan Megan I'm going to give this to you Megan's in college right now so <laughs> this is going to help you in college right there that'll buy you 3 minutes of college right there Money, right? Pretty important stuff. You just gave some in an offering. You have some at home. You're going to go to work tomorrow and work for some. I mean, or later today. I mean, money is really important stuff. And lots of money, lots of money is a key element of a story that Jesus told and a story that we're going to look at again Today. So again, if you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Some people, while you're turning there, some people think discussing money in church uh, is unseemly or improper. Yet God, knowing, God in his infinite wisdom, knowing that, knowing how important money is. Would be in the history of mankind, God in His wonderful intentionality spoke some things to us through His Word. He deeply addressed the subject of money in His Word. God gave us right here much instruction for it. There are over 2,000, I shared this briefly last week, there are over 2,000 verses. About money in the Bible. Forty-two percent of Jesus' stories or parables, 42% of Jesus' stories had to do with possessions or with money. Jesus said more about wealth, which is which is money, right? Jesus said more about wealth than he spoke about heaven and hell combined. Now, heaven and hell is important, but Jesus spoke even more about wealth than heaven or hell combined. So I'm bringing this brief series of messages entitled, Jesus Talks Money and Jesus Did Talk Money. Uh, Now, we'll look into that in just a moment. There's one more reason why I'm bringing this this series about messages uh, this, this mes- this series of messages about money is because bad money practices, bad money practices or the failure to implement biblical principles. Jesus directed, Jesus talked about money. Jesus directed principles regarding money. the failure to understand, know or implement those has created, an enormous amount of pain and suffering. There are a lot of people I know, there are a lot of people that you know who who disregard or don't know the principles that Jesus addressed in his word regarding money, and because they don't know it, they suffer. Many of them, many of them it, it, it's avoidable there are, there are people as a pastor there are people that I meet every week that I want to just impart to them the biblical principles of finance that that could avoid so many of the life is challenging but it's less challenging if we know God's principles regarding a subject so one of the stories that Jesus told just one of the stories Jesus told where money was an important element is right here in Matthew chapter 25. We call it the parable or the story of the talents. Now again, uh, I shared last week, the word talent was, was not used then in the way that it is today. Today when we speak of talent, we speak of someone's ability or an area of expertise, or an area of giftedness. We say, oh, that person is very talented. It actually comes from this story, but originally it was not a gift or an ability, but rather it was a monetary unit of uh, of commerce, or a monetary unit. It was was like what we would call a dollar. It was a monetary unit, first in Greek, then in Roman, and, and it was usually of silver and just one talent, just one talent. You know, sometimes we think one talent was like that dollar that I, I just gave Megan, but n- no, it's, it's one talent of silver back then would be comparable to many hundreds of thousands of dollars today. So one talent, you need to know this before we read it, one talent of, of, of silver was serious money. Now, Again, I want you to see a couple things about this before we even read it. Jesus' story in Matthew chapter 25 is divided into four parts. It's divided into four parts. There's a wealthy master entrusting his servants with his resources. There are the servants doing something with those resources. The third thing is the master returning and the servants giving back Those resources. And the fourth thing is what happened to the servants for what they did with those resources. So you got it? Those four things are a part of this story. So in your Bibles, I want you to listen to or follow along as I read. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, again, Jesus said, It will be like a man going on a journey. "...who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money." After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came, master, he said, You entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, same thing, in fact. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." Then the man verse 24 then the man who had received the one talent came master he said I know that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed so I was afraid and I went out and I hid your talent in the ground see here is what belongs to you his master replied you wicked lazy servant you knew that I you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I received, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him, the master said, and give it to the one who had the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping, And gnashing of teeth. May the Lord speak to us even as we read His word this morning. If you were here last week, you heard how this parable, this story that Jesus told, how this declares that God owns everything. The Bible actually declares that many times throughout the Word that God owns everything, but it says it here in verse 14 that they were, notice this, his servants, and he entrusted to them his property. They were his servants, let's go ahead and put that next one up, they were his servants and it was his property. And if we're going to have a biblical understanding about money, it begins right there. Right there in verse 14, it says that it was his servants, they, it was his property. It was, they were never their own and it was never their money. They just held it for a time. Whatever we hold, whatever we have and whatever we are, it is really his. Everything that we are, everything that we hold, everything that we accomplish is because God gave you life. Now, let me speak to those who have surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you gave your life to Christ, whether it was a week ago or a month ago or 50 years ago, when you did that, you gave him everything. You did not say, Lord, I just give you my sin and I'm going to be in charge of everything else. No. You didn't say, um, Lord, I will just give you my past, but I'm not sure about my future. No, you gave him everything. It was total surrender. It was unconditional surrender. And Jesus came in and he began to transform your life. If you've not experienced that, you can experience that here today. But that, that wonderful transformation began to happen, and you realized more than ever that really you are only the Lord's. You're His servant, and everything you hold is just yours for a time. So, whether you live just a few years or for many decades, regardless of how long your lifespan is measured, it is still all His. If we hold much, or if we hold little in comparison and to someone else, it's all his, and we will only hold it for a time. The Bible, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, says this, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. That's what the Holy Spirit was speaking through Paul. He says, we, we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing out of it. So any resource, not not just our money, but uh, any resource, our money, our time, our abilities, our opportunities, they're all his, and we will only hold them for a time. Regardless of how long our life is measured, we'll only hold it for a time. Getting a grip on that simple truth we looked at in depth last week. Getting a hold on that simple truth will fundamentally change how you deal with every valuable resource. That what I hold, the monies that come through, my, my accounts comes through my hand. I'll only hold it for a time, but it's ultimately only his. The time that I have, God gave me another year. God gave me another month. God gave me this day. I have it because he gave it to me. And that's, that's the only reason why I have it is because he gave it. And I will only have it for just a time. Perhaps the um, most misquoted verse in the Bible, there are, there are a number of them, there are a, lot, a lot of misunderstandings about the word, uh, misquoted things in the word, is, is also here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, it, it contains a line that is often misquoted as money is the root of all evil, right? You've heard that money is the root of all evil. That, is, that, is, that ranks right up there with God helps those who helps themselves, which is not in the Bible. Uh, but it's misunderstood. Again, it's often quoted money is the root of all evil. But 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 actually says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. What that means is that our passion for, our longing for, uh, a word that can be used here appropriately is our lust for more money, uh, can can be the beginning of all kinds of evil. If you think about many of the things in our world, many of the things that we would we that that almost every person would just declare as that is an evil thing, you trace it back and you will often find at its core a longing for more money. I mean, you, whether it, whether it be whether it be prostitution or pornography or alcohol or drugs, all, some, all men, uh, uh, abortion, many of those things that you go back and it's, it's because it's, there's a longing for money at its core. It's an evil thing. But here's the thing. If we live knowing that whatever we hold is not ours, If we live understanding that everything that comes to us is not ours, but it it is his, and and that we will give we will soon give it back to him, that can break the power that money can have upon us. When we understand that this is a lot or a little, depends, you know, and we all have a lot in in at least in comparison to other people around the world but whether we have what we consider a lot or a little that it's all his and I'm going to give it back to him all of it all of my resources regardless of the kind all of a sudden it loses its its power its grip upon us i know this i've experienced it there've been a number of times in my life where that longing for money has really driven me i'm just just confessing that but but i confessed it to the lord and 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 i saw that when i understood i mentioned to you that last week in my 20s i understood that it wasn't just 10% was god's but the 100% was his that that he desired to be a part of of, of everything that i did when i realized that i realized that that it's all his it it changed me and it broke so much of that power that it once held a on me and and so I encourage you this morning we need to start there if we're going to get a, a biblical understanding about finance because this world will will tell you what you need to believe will will tell you that you need to believe this about finance that you need to believe this about money the the world has an agenda and it and it very much wants to tell you what to do with money and how to understand money but when we get a biblical understanding it will change us and this is a key part of it so that's the first part of the story. But then there's also that second part. There's that second part of the story where, where we see what the servants did with the resources. Jesus said that the servants who received five talents and two talents from the master, both persons doubled the amount given to them. That's pretty good, right? 100% return. They, they doubled the amount given to them. Please notice that. They did something with it. You have your Bibles in front of you. Look again at verse 16. It says, quote, they put his money to work and gained. You see that right there in verse 16? It says again, they put his money to work and gained. Now, now there are some things that Jesus didn't tell that he didn't elaborate upon. We know what they did. We know that they doubled it but we don't know how they did it, right? And Jesus is telling this story, and, and, he, and he, I think intentionally, everything he did was intentional. He left some things out. He didn't say how they did it. He just said that they doubled it. We don't know if they made something or if they invented something or they planted something. We don't know if these people had a farm or a business or a bank or a factory or they just had a really good job, we do know that it involved work and that what they did created gain. They put his money to work and gained. Now, I'm just going to throw something in here because uh, there is something that we see in our society that I must comment on, and this is a very appropriate place. There's something called, in our society, very strong. In fact, on your way home, you'll probably pass something like it. You will pa- pass someplace that has a casino or someplace that sells lottery. I'm going to be right up front. This may affect just a few or it may affect many. But anything having to do with gambling is abjectly and absolutely evil. And it is not of God. And if that is something that you have given yourself to then this morning you need to repent of that and never go back and trust God for your finances. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this again. Even, even though it's long for many years been state-sponsored and state-sanctioned and becomes seems to be growing, a lot of people say it's not a big deal. Let me tell you something. It's evil because it does not involve work and it, it involves chance. Nothing is created. Nothing is created. I've seen more people destroyed over this, and it starts very, very small. And I'm telling you, if you've ever, you're ever tempted, don't start because it'll crush you and it'll destroy you. Nothing is created. Only things are exchanged. I, 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 it grieves me when I hear the headlines or read the headlines about somebody winning 100,000 or 200,000 or a million dollars, because that means that if one person wins it, then a whole lot of other people lost it. Nothing was created. Nothing was produced. Nothing. The, the world was not made better. Just somebody got something that other people gave away. It's evil. It did not involve work. And it did not involve gain, just exchange. But it says here that they, they worked and it created, they put his money to work and it created gain. Last week, last week I quoted Psalm 50 verse 10 where it says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We, you perhaps heard that. Um, someone approached me after the service and correctly noted that God does own the cattle, and then he added, but we're the ones who have to work them. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. God gives us the opportunity. God gives us the means. He gives us the resources for a time, but we're the ones who have to then work it and do something with those resources. In fact, do you know that work is what we're called to do? There's a calling, a holy calling on work. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, it says we are to remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Now, again, I'm 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 countering many of the things in this brief series. I'm countering many of the the, the false beliefs or the destructive beliefs that our world will put forward. We, have, we are living in a time in our culture, although many in different cultures have experienced this for some time, where words like gain and money and even wealth are evil things, where uh, to, to profit on something is something that is increasingly in some quarters disdained. And yet it says here that God gives us these things so that we might do something with them. In the Ten Commandments, in the Ten Commandments, um, in Exodus chapter 20, it addresses all of them. And of the fourth command, the fourth command, it, 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 it says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. God said rest one day a week, but work is to be a big part of the rest of our week. Now I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. In fact, there are some here that work that work very full days six days a week and some of you even seven and 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 that 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 fourth commandment still applies to every one of us but it says here a, a lot of people think that that uh, that that work is something to be avoided or that work is something to be delivered from and yet we see that God has a plan for our work. We're quick to mention that fourth command, and we fail to see there that implied in that is, is work. There's something, uh, I, was, I often read things about personal finance, and there was something that I kept coming across, and it kept referring to FIRE, F-I-R-E, period after each letter. And I found out that FIRE, uh, it's called the FIRE Movement, you can do a search on it later, you'll see a lot of information. The FIRE Movement, FIRE stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. And and it highlights people who are in their 20s and in their 30s who have accumulated enough cash, enough resources that they they can live the rest of their lives and not work now let me just say something there, there's going to be a come of time and some of you are right there in your retirement you've 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 worked 30 40 50 60 years and and you're really ready to to ch- have a change of pace that's different than this there are people who who have bought into the mentality of this world that work is something to be shunned and the absolute goal is to be financially independent and retire early so where we never we can just do our own thing it highlights a person talks about this guy who rides around on his bike and he's got he's in sandals he's in a warmer climate so he doesn't have to and, and he's got enough money to go the rest of his life and he's like 32 years old and people are looking at this and saying, and I'm looking at this and saying, yeah, but wait a minute, God, everything that, that we are, we are God's, and what if God has a plan for my life that is to create wealth and I'm not doing something with it? You know what that person is doing? A person who says no to that could be burying things into the ground. Now, there's going to come a time when many of us or all of us we are going to retire, and yet God has a plan for our work. Jesus then spoke about the servant who received the one talent. Remember, the guy with two and the guy with ten comes up to, excuse me, with five, comes up to them and say, listen, we, we multiplied and I Now I have four and, and now I have ten and I'm going to give it to you. And then Jesus addressed the one person, the one person who received the one talent. Still a vast amount of money. When that servant gave an accounting of his part of the master's resources, he said this in verse 25, I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Can, can you imagine this? I, I don't know exactly how he would have done it, but I, I imagine that he came to him and with that talent of money, which was, again, a lot of silver, maybe it was a wheel borrower he had servants or something himself who was carrying it It's talking a lot of money he comes he says listen you've been gone a long time and i know that you're very careful with your money and took you a lot to get this so here it all it's it's all here every penny of it i wonder if he had kind of a grin on his face like like he did something good you see he he wasn't working with it he was just holding it He wasn't wasn't working it. He wasn't taking advantage of the opportunity before him. He didn't understand that that he was a servant and these were his God's, it implies God's resources. He didn't understand that it was the master's resources and he just held it. He did not use it. Now, I've read this many times. I've read this, this parable more times than I can count. And I only noticed just recently that this man was not only irresponsible, but he was a liar. He was a liar. He was an absolute liar. Now, you may think, well, that's a pretty strong charge, calling someone a liar. But I want you to notice that this man, he he said that he was afraid. He said that it was a matter of fear, but that's not why he hid it. He hid it because he didn't want to work. You see, the master knew the man's heart. The master didn't say he was a wicked and fearful servant. In verse twenty-six, the master said to him, "You wicked, lazy servant." You see, the master saw through, and he realized. And the master knew, and I, and I, and brought this this awareness to this servant that it wasn't out of fear that he did this, but it was out of laziness. He wasn't willing to use what the master gave him. This story, this this brief story that Jesus told so long ago sends a very clear message that every valuable resource God gives us one day we will all answer for it. See, this to me, this is a disturbing, this is a disturbing text. This bothers me. It really does. I'm talking as an individual, as a follower of Jesus Christ. This bothers me because this tells me that every valuable resource that comes my way, what's more valuable than time and money? Life. Opportunities. My money, my time, my opportunities, my, my family, my abilities. The things that he gives me, one day I will stand before him and I will give an account of how I used what he gave me for just a time. You and I are going to stand before God one day and he's essentially going to say this, what did you do with what I gave you for a time? I don't want to stand there and say, ah, you know, I was really careful. I, I, was, I was very careful with what you gave me, so I, I didn't do anything with it, but here it is. It's all yours. See, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear him say, you wicked and lazy servant. Those are two very, very different responses. What is it that God has given you? Now, I know that this is speaking about a talent, and that was a monetary unit, as I pointed out. But what are you doing with God's money? It's all his, by the way. It'll just come through your hands for a time, my hands for a time. What are we doing with that? How about about the time that he gives you? Some of you have lived longer than many of your contemporaries. He's given you another year. He's given you another day. He's given you another opportunity. And we have an opportunity, even just in the next few days, to a few weeks, to say, hey, listen, there's someone I know who does not yet know Jesus and they're on their way to hell without him. So I have an opportunity to invite them And they're going to hear about the saving message of Jesus Christ and their life can be transformed. What are you going to do with that opportunity? The people that are in your home, the children that God has given you, do you understand that they are one of the greatest resources that God has ever given you? Is that just somebody that you raise and send out or is it someone that I hold for just a time, right? They grow up quickly. That I hold for just a time but they're the Lord's. They're the Lord's. And, and I want to make the best of what I can do with that, that person. How about the ability? Some of you have some amazing abilities. Do you know that there are people in this world, some of the, I'm not even going to mention them because I don't think that they need the, but the, the attention, But because they get enough of it from other quarters. There are people in this world whose name I could mention, and they are extremely gifted. I mean, the things that they can do with their voice or with their hands or with their minds is extraordinary. God gave them that ability, and they're wasting it. And someday they're going to answer. What abilities has God given you? Are you using it for his glory? I'm not talking about you know, going into full time. I'm simply saying that whatever resource do you, that you have, do you know that he gave it to you, that it's ultimately his because he gave it to you and someday you're going to give it back to him? And do you also know that you only hold it for a time? What are you doing with that ability? You say, well, that's, 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 that's my ability. No, it's not. He gave it to you. Every valuable resource God gives us, we will one day answer for it. We will give an account. And that line, that line, the one that you and I long to hear from him one day, that well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Do you know that the only place that that's found is right here? Matthew chapter 25. That line it will be said or not said in response, in response to what we do with what he's given us. Well done, good and faithful servant. I have a way of showing you, you showing yourself, you determining. There is a way of in which we can determine what is important to us. Show me your calendar, what you do with your time, and I will show you what is important to you. Because time is perhaps even more than money, our greatest resource. You can always get more time, but li- uh, more money, but time is very, very limited. Show me what you do with your time and I will show you what's important to you. How about this? However you keep financial records, a checking balance, an account balance, a debit card balance, bank statement, credit card balance statement, however you do it, and you may do it longhand in a, on a piece of paper, regardless of how you do it, Show me how you spend your money and I will show you what's important to you. It it will reveal. Now, I don't want to know. I really don't. But it will be very revealing. What do you do with the resources that God's given you? What do you do with that? Do you understand that they're His and that you only hold them for a time? Perhaps you noticed um, I have said nothing about tithes or offerings today last week i made only a passing reference to it but you know what we're going to be held accountable for that as well we will bible's very clear on this we will be held for all that we give to him and for the expansion of his kingdom next week i want you back we have a lot of people here today and if you're going to be in the area i want you back I, because I'm going to share what God says is essential for His blessing upon us, and on the resources that He gives us for a time. I want you back next week. Now, some of you are, some of you. Uh, there's something that's going to come up, and and because I'll tell you what, Satan has a plan for your resources, and He wants you to squander them. With everything in Him, Satan wants you to stand before God someday. And he says, God says to you, you are a wicked and a lazy servant. Satan wants that with everything in him. He does not want you, Satan does not want you to stand before God and for you to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So I want you to come back. I want you to come back, and, and we're going to look from God's word. Not from my, from God's word, what he has for us. So. Um, I have been praying during these weeks that God will work miracles in our finances, and there are many of you that need miracles in your finances. Very much miracles. You need you, Not just a miracle of provision, but a miracle of how you do with what you have. Sometimes the biggest spiritual strongholds in our lives, strongholds that need to be broken, um, have to do with what we do with, with money. But God very much desires to work miracles. In some of your lives, He desires to work miracles in your finances and through your finances that you would have considered unimaginable and he will he will do that if we are willing and if we walk in obedience to his plan to his principles as given in in god's word so i want to end this message the way that i ended it last week i'd like you to do this please would you stand and would you take in your hand your wallet um Go ahead and do it. We did this last week. Some of you thought this was a little bit weird, but I'll tell you what. I want you to have something tangible. So if you have a purse with you and you have a pocketbook in there, go ahead and reach. Go ahead and do that. If if you have uh, if you if you have uh, if you if you have a wallet, pull it out. A money clip, whatever it is, debit card, pull it out. Something that represents finance. If you don't if you don't even have something, you can you can just borrow. I mean, if somebody next to you has a, make sure you give it back. But get hand them a credit card or something like that. Just I want. If it's at all possible, I want somebody holding on to something that represents finances. It's very important. Because, because again, we've received the offering, we're not receiving an offering. That's, that's not how this works. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm sharing this not to, not to exploit, but to minister, to equip. And so I want you to take that. We're not taking up an offering, but we are giving this morning. We're giving of our, of our hearts. So take that in your hand. Bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you for these people and for your word. Jesus, you gave so much attention to our finances. So many people have bought the lie of the enemy that my finances are separate from my faith. And that is a lie, Lord. Rather, my faith is in many ways going to be lived out and demonstrated in my finances, in your finances that you give us for a time. So Lord, holding this physical thing that represents physical resources, holding this thing that, that represents the time that we have, the abilities that we have, the opportunities that we have, the financial resources we have, the, the schedule that we have, the jobs that we have, the businesses and the farms and the ranches and the investments. It, it represents, Lord, the, the the creativity that you've given us to do things, the, the strength in our bodies to show up for that job. We will spend, in most cases here this morning, we're going to spend a tremendous amount of time in this next week working for those resources. So Lord, we commit it to you. We pray for miracles. I pray for miracles in our finances. And beyond that, I pray that you would work miracles through our finances. So we commit it to you. We are yours. But Lord, more than anything, we give you ourselves. hearts, our minds, our plans our purposes, our aspirations we thank you I ask your blessing now upon us as we make our way from this place help us in this coming days as we do what you've called us to do someday some great and glorious day perhaps closer than we think probably closer than we think, Lord I want to stand before you After a lifetime of using what you've given me, I long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Help us to live these days in light of that day. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and the power and the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ.